Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to DBN News for 6-6-2019. This is my daily news that even plants crave and anchors number one gaming news podcast. I'm Anthony, and I'll be your host today. With that being said, let's jump into this saucy news. First is from IGN and written by Ryan McCaffrey. Darksiders Genesis announced. THQ Nordic and Airship Syndicate have announced Darksiders Genesis, a spinoff of the mainline Darksiders series. It will be released later this year for PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, PC, and Google Stadia. No pre-order information is available just yet. Genesis is a top-down action RPG in the vein of Diablo, in which you'll dungeon crawl your way to victory, killing monsters and collecting loot. You'll get to play as a new horseman of the apocalypse, Strife. According to THQ, Strife is called upon to save humankind from certain destruction at the hands of Lucifer. And Genesis, Genesis will feature intense combat, exploration, puzzle solving, epic boss battles, and serpent holes from heaven to hell. Darksiders Genesis will be playable at E3 2019. We're getting all these E3 goodies that are going to be available. Second is from IGN and written by Matt Perslow. Final Fantasy original soundtracks available on Spotify. The soundtracks for every mainline Final Fantasy game, plus several of the spinoffs, are now available to stream on Spotify. Included are the original soundtracks for Final Fantasy through to Final Fantasy XV, along with popular side games such as Final Fantasy Tactics, Crisis Core, Final Fantasy VII, and Dissidia Final Fantasy. It's bad news for any Dirge of Cerebus fans, though, as the third-person action game Final Fantasy VII spinoff hasn't made the cut. Collectively, the 46 albums make up days' worth of music, with the majority of it coming from legendary video game composer Nobu Umatsu. To find them, search for Final Fantasy Original Soundtrack on Spotify and filter by albums. This will help you find the official albums themselves rather than playlists put together by fans. Go to Spotify, listen to them all. The, the, all those soundtracks are amazing. Third is also from IGN and written by Matt Perslow. Pokemon Sword and Shield release date confirmed. Yesterday's Pokemon Direct announced the release date for Pokemon Sword and Shield as November 15th, 2019. Sword and Shield are the next core RPG games in the Pokemon series, and the Direct presentation revealed a variety of new features coming to the game, including online max raid battles, where four players join together to defeat supersized Pokemon known as Dynamax. There is also a new open-world-style zone called the Wild Area, which stretches between cities and is home to a variety of wild Pokemon. Naturally, there are also many new Pokemon coming to the game, including two new legendary wolf-style Pokemon representing the sword and shield sides of the game. Now, we will be having a discussion about this new Direct and the new info that we received on Pokemon Sword and Shield, not this week, but the next week's uh, Dad's Beards Nerds Prime. It's going to be me, George, Justinius Builds, and Nightwing594. That's Justin and Tommy, if you don't know their real names. Uh, Justin and I are on the side of this is very lackluster. George and Tommy are on the side of they love it. So it should be fun. Now enjoy this sweet and saucy ad from AAAA Anchor. All right, these last two stories are a bit of reads, but I thought they were actually pretty interesting. Fourth is from GameSpot and written by Phil Hornshaw. Destiny 2 leaves Activision's Battle.net for Steam. The next chapter of Destiny 2 is seeing a whole lot of changes. There's a new content expansion called Shadowkeep, a new free-to-play version of the base game, and new cross-play support that lets you move your character around between platforms. For PC players, the next chapter of Destiny 2 will take place on a new platform, Valve Steam. 
Bungie made the announcement ahead of E3 2019 during a live stream detailing all its plans for Destiny 2 going forward. Destiny 2 was previously only available on PC via Battle.net, Activision Blizzard's PC portal, when Activision published the game. But Bungie split with Activision earlier this year, and Tuesday marked the release of this season of Opalence, the final piece of Destiny 2 content from that partnership. Starting with the release of the Shadowkeep expansion on September 17th, Destiny 2 will leave Battle.net and head to Steam. It will also support cross-saves on all platforms, which include PC, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and Google's cloud-based Stadia platform. Bungie also laid out a new approach for how it'll sell Destiny 2 to players. Each new content and expansion, starting with Shadowkeep, will be standalone and sold a la carte. That means you'll be able to pick and choose which Destiny 2 expansions you buy, and you won't be required to own all previous expansions in order to get the new ones. Up until recently, Steam would have seemed like the obvious choice for Bungie to take Destiny 2, but Valve's grip on the market recently was shaken by the emergence of the Epic Games Store. The new platform has attracted a lot of developers and publishers with exclusivity deals, and that created a lot of ire among Steam fans. Bungie said in its press release for the new Destiny 2 changes that it wants to move away from segmenting its player base across separate platforms, which might explain why it picked the more dominant Steam as a home for Destiny 2. Then again, Bungie is doing away with all platform exclusive content, so maybe it'll show up on the Epic Store at some point in the future. Now, be careful folks, Bungie has a really bad habit of locking content behind their newer expansions. If you don't believe me, just Google search it. And last but not least, fifth is from GameSpot and written by Jordan Ramey. Google Stadia Controller Chromecast Ultra Tech Specs Fully Detailed. In its pre-E3 2019 Stadia press conference, Google outlined some of the specifics for its cloud-based game streaming service. Stadia is up for pre-order now in the Founders Edition, which comes with several exclusive goodies like a specially colored controller and Chromecast Ultra. Apart from the swapped location of the D-pad and left analog stick, Stadia's controller closely resembles a Switch Pro controller in design, but it has two unique buttons. One allows you to seamlessly share gameplay, while the other activates the controller's microphone so you can ask Google Assistant a question. Chromecast Ultra allows you to stream Stadia directly to your TV via an HDMI port, as well as several other supported apps like Netflix and HBO Go. The technical specs for both the controller and Chromecast Ultra are... Uh, this is going to be for the controller. Wi-Fi dual band 2.4 gigahertz slash 5 gigahertz. IEEE 802.11. There's a lot of other uh, ABGN AC connectivity. Bluetooth. Bluetooth low energy 4.2. Headset jack is a 3.5 millimeter headset jack for headsets with or without a microphone. USB-C port for charging, wired gameplay, and accessories such as USB-C headsets. HID compliant. The weight is 260 grams. Dimensions goes as 163 millimeters by 105 millimeters by 65 millimeters. It's got Google Assistant button to trigger the microphone. Uh, you've got a capture button, which gives you quick access to image and video capture. And then the battery is an internal rechargeable Li-Lon battery. Li-Lon battery. I think that's how you pronounce it. Anyways, the Chromecast Ultra Technical Specs. The dimensions, uh, it's a 2.2 inches by 0.53 inches by 2.29 inches. The weight of the device is 1.6 ounces. The adapter is 3.5 ounces. Resolution supports all resolutions up to 4K Ultra HD and high dynamic range for stunning picture quality. The wireless is a 802.11 AC, 2.4 gigahertz to 5 gigahertz. 
and a one by two MISO Wi-Fi for high performance streaming. Power supply is required and included. The ports and connectors are as HDMI plugs directly into the TV micro USB for power and data. Ethernet port on the power adapter for hard to reach Wi-Fi spots in your home. The supporting operating systems are Android 4.2 and higher, iOS 9.1 and higher, Mac OS X 10.9 and higher, and Windows 7 and higher. And the requirements are a, well, you guessed it, TV with an HDMI port, Wi-Fi network or Ethernet, and then Wi-Fi enabled support device. The Stadia Founders Edition costs $130 USD, 120 euros, and also includes a three-month subscription to Stadia Pro and a three-month buddy pass for a friend to try Stadia Pro. Stadia Pro is a monthly fee of $10 USD or 9 euros, allowing you to stream your games at the 4K HDR at 60 frames per second. The subscription also provides access to a free library of games, a discount in Stadia's online store, and a limited-time Destiny 2 deal. Studio Base offers a or Stadia Base offers a cheaper alternative to Pro, but only supports up to 1080 at 60 frames per second. The Studio Founders Edition is scheduled to release in November 2019, while Stadia Base won't launch until 2020. Seems cool. Google's coming for all those other consoles, man. They came to play. And that is the news for today. Thanks for listening and let us know what you think about any of the stories we talked about by sending us a message on Anchor, the podcast app we use to record the show. If you'd like to support the podcast other than listening, please check out our Anchor page at anchor.fm slash dadsbeardsnerds, where you can donate to us via the support this podcast button and sign up for a monthly donation of 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99 per month. Find us on Twitter at dadsbeardsnerds, Instagram at dadsbeardsnerdspodcast, or if you'd like to be part of our ever-growing Discord community, find that link in our Twitter bio and all show notes everywhere the show is posted. Until next time, I'm Anthony, and I look forward to making more content for you.